welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus, so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Welcome to episode four of Take It or Leave It. You know, I cannot believe that we've already recorded three full episodes and this is the fourth one. I feel like time does not wait for anybody. And I just want to give Jesus all the glory, honor, and praise for the progress that I have been making. You know, I'm not even seeking to advertise my podcast. I'm not sending it to friends and asking that they share it because I believe with everything in me from the bottom of my heart that if this is the will of God in my life and Jesus is proud of what I am doing, my podcast will grow. It will, without a doubt. And I just want to thank him because as I am stretching into this, you know, this world where I'm very uncomfortable, I'm I'm no expert. I you know, I'll be honest, I have a husband that knows how to do these things much better than I know how. He has a better radio voice than me. He has more knowledge and I've really been stretching to understand more so I could be a self-sustaining ministry. That way, if I'm ever in a position where there's no one on earth that is willing to help me, that I can do it myself. So I'm really trying to take full advantage here and build my skill set for the Lord because I believe I have a calling that is more than anything that I know. So I want to do everything that I can to move into that calling just so I can be most pleasing to Jesus Christ. And I want to thank him because as I'm doing these things that are making me uncomfortable, I'm learning so much about myself. I'll share it this way as well. The enemy is so upset. I cannot even begin to tell you the things that are happening in my life all at once. And some of it's the enemy, some of it's myself, and it's all coming at once and I am making these strides to grow and to change when necessary and I'm always praying to Jesus to reveal in me the small specks that even I don't know are there. I'm asking him to reveal them in such a big way so it is so clear how I'm missing the mark and what I need to do to overcome it and Jesus certainly delivers because he loves each and every one of us right he's not just doing it for me he would do it for you too. So I just give all the glory, honor, and praise to Jesus Christ. And I'm so excited for you if you've been here and listening and uh, maybe you're on your way to work or maybe you're working out and uh, you're here to learn something. You know, this is it's what we're here to do is spread the gospel, right? Jesus commanded the disciples to preach repentance. Uh, which is the subject of today. So we're going to be learning, you know, what is repentance and why is it important and uh, what does it look like? So let's jump right in. So what is repentance? Whenever you look up the word repentance in the Strong's Concordance, uh, which we touched upon in our last podcast, you'll find that repentance is a Greek word pronounced metanoel, and it means to think differently, to reconsider. So what does it really mean to repent? And is it just saying sorry? When you repent for your sins, you're saying to Jesus Christ that you want to think differently and you want to reconsider. You're reevaluating your life uh, because you want to be more pleasing to him. You want to 
do the things that Jesus says to do and stop doing the things that Jesus does not want you to do, right? So when you repent for your sins, you're saying to Jesus that you want to think differently. You want to be different from the way that you were before. You want to reconsider your ways. You want to be different and you want to turn away from your sinful ways. It's more than just saying sorry because I think it's so easy in our flesh to always say sorry. You know, we mess up, oh, I'm so sorry. Or, you know, we can do something to a friend and say, you know what, please forgive me, I'm so sorry. But when you repent, you are turning away from that sin. You never want to do it again, right? And it's it's not a it's not a place where you make excuses, right? Oh, you know, I, I can just do this now and repent to Jesus. So for example, oh, you know, I'll, Jesus understands I want to hang out with my friends, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a lot of drinks and get drunk and Jesus understands, so I'll just repent in the morning. That is not true repentance, right? You're totally reconsidering your ways. You're not um, making exceptions, right, and making excuses and, and fooling yourself that Jesus excuses them. It's, it's truly a lifestyle change. It's, again, it's to think differently. It's your, you want to change your mind right? So why must we repent? One of the biggest lies that churches are preaching today is that it's enough to just believe that Jesus is real. And that's not true. If you're in a church where, you know, let's pretend like there's 200 people, you know, there's Joel Osteen, his church is thousands of people, right? And if somebody is sitting there saying you're all going to heaven you're all doing everything correct jesus loves you no matter what you're gonna make it i have no doubt that everyone is living the way that they need to live find a different church absolutely find a different church the disciples were preaching repentance across the nations right? And still so many refuse them. And the Bible also speaks of many that stumble upon the wide path and only few find the narrow path, right? The narrow path being the path to Jesus, the wide path being the path to hell. So if you are in a church where they're saying, oh, you're okay, find a different church. Because when you repent, you are truly, like I said earlier, it's a change of mind. So unless we repent to Jesus and come before him with a willing heart, he cannot mold us to his liking and we cannot be saved. We'll remain in our sins unless we repent, right? If, if we don't tell Jesus, hey, help, I want to change my mind. Please help me, Lord. I want to overcome these things, these sins. Uh, I, I don't want to be this way anymore, Jesus. I, I dedicate my life to you and I'm going to serve you. Jesus will honor that and he will help you. But unless you do that willingly, you're going to remain in your sins. And God is so clear in his word that we cannot just believe that he exists, right? There's, a, there's an action, right? So in the Bible, it actually says we need to believe unto righteousness. So the world is preaching this partial verse, which is a lie, right? If you tell a partial truth, it's a lie. You need to tell the whole truth, right? So we must believe unto righteousness. What does that mean? We must believe until we are righteous, right? We must be continually striving to be more like Jesus. I'm not saying that we will ever hit that mark, right? Because Jesus is absolutely perfect, right? He's the only one who's ever been on this earth 
and to be 100% man and 100% God and to live in the flesh and to be perfect. He was always perfect. We can't do that because we're not God, right? But we can be his children through repentance. And again, it's not just believing that he exists, right? Even Satan believes that Jesus exists. Even the demons believe that Jesus is real. They know scripture. They can sing praises. They can follow you and sit next to you in church, right? So even they believe, and they're not going to heaven. So how much more us, right? So we can believe that Jesus is alive, and he died on the cross, and he cares for us so deeply, but we are fooling ourselves if we think that we can live however we want to live, and we don't have to do the things that Jesus says only because we believe that he's real. That's not true. That's not true, and the Bible doesn't say that. In Romans 10, it reads, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that we may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say to your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. And that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, pay attention to this part, this is verse 10, Romans 10, 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jews and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what does this mean? Believe unto righteousness, right? Believe until you're doing everything that Jesus says, right? We want to be righteous as Jesus is righteous. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. This is a call to action. It's a call to action to change. God is telling us we need to change. And to do that, we must first repent. Specifically, this is a call to holiness, right? Failure to repent and think differently in accordance to the word of God means we cannot spend eternity in heaven with him. Everyone must repent. I must repent. You must repent. Your mom must repent. Your grandpa must repent. Your co-workers must repent if they want to spend eternity in heaven. There are zero exceptions in the Bible. Zero. There is zero exceptions of anyone who has made it into heaven who has not repented. You must turn away from sin. How do I know this? Jesus said so. God wants us to repent. And uh, I have some supporting scripture that I will read, starting in 2 Peter 3, starting in verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Boom. God doesn't want anyone to perish, but God is clear. 
Yes, he cares for us so deeply. Yes, he loves us, but he is not a respecter of person. He's telling you to repent, and unless you repent, you will perish. And he's so clear. God doesn't want anyone to perish. Instead, everyone repent. He wants everyone to repent and not perish. If you don't repent, you will perish. That is what the Lord is sharing in 2 Peter chapter 3. There's also Luke chapter 15, and it says, starting in verse 4, What a man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one sheep, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Amen. So what it's saying here is just as a man who would find one lost sheep would celebrate from that one lost sheep that was lost and is now found, likewise heaven celebrates when one sinner repents compared to 99 people who don't need any repentance. That one person who was able to overcome flesh, that natural pride, that natural desire to not admit wrongs, when they repent, and it's a true repentance, meaning they truly want Jesus to change their mind, they need help, they want to start living a life for Jesus Christ, what a celebration in heaven. Wow. Let's talk about when... Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was resurrected after being crucified. So this is Luke chapter 24. And it says, Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? So before I continue, Jesus appeared to the disciples and the disciples were terrified and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. But Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and feet that it is I myself. Handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So Jesus held up his hands, which, you know, he was crucified. So I imagine there were holes in his hands saying, you know, who else could this be? It's me. Also, I have flesh and bones, spirits do not. Continuing in verse 40, when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet, but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Continuing in verse 44, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he, Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, whose name? Jesus's name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high so Jesus said to them it is my will that you preach repentance and remission to the entire world starting in Jerusalem but he told the disciples that they had to wait because they needed to be endued with power from on high 
What is the power from on high? This is a reference to the Holy Spirit. Continuing in verse 50, in he, Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Jesus blessed the disciples. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven and they worshiped him. The disciples worshiped Jesus and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So Jesus very specific, right? Jesus said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary Jesus says it was necessary that I had to suffer this death and to rise again from the dead on the third day. It was necessary that Jesus had to overcome the grave so that we can repent, right? Jesus says in verse 46, then he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, right? The disciples witness these things, right? So they can speak from experience, from the Lord. Plus, they had the blessing of the Lord to preach repentance, right? And at the end here, what I read was Jesus went back with the Father, right? And the disciples were so overjoyed, right? They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Jesus is alive, and they have a mission to carry out. They are going to preach repentance, Amen. So again, the disciples in the Bible were commanded to preach repentance. Jesus didn't say, preach repentance if you want. You know, there's no if. He says, preach repentance. Right? It was necessary for me to do all of these things so that this is available to you. Right? He overcame the grave. He told the disciples, wait, because you need to be endued with this power, because you were going to preach repentance. And in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 38, this is Peter. He's preaching repentance. And uh, this is only one of many examples of the disciples preaching repentance. And it says in verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter was actually preaching this this was after the holy spirit came right so um you may have heard of the disciples in the upper room i know that i've mentioned this in previous podcasts but jesus tells the disciples hey not many days from now the holy spirit is coming uh, be prepared so they were all in the upper room when the holy spirit came and they began speaking in the heavenly language right and they began speaking in tongues and people thought they were nuts but this is the power that you need to witness right so Peter was out preaching repentance, right? He was totally endued by the Holy Spirit. He had the power to preach repentance. It is so important. Peter was carrying out the commandment of God to preach repentance, right? Share the gospel. Jesus also says, be holy for I am holy. Uh, this is in Peter chapter 1. I'll start in verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, right? Take control of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. It is so clear here in the world today, 
Again, this goes back to the example I shared earlier. The world today believes that I can live however I want to live. It's okay, right? And there's even people that know that these things are mentioned in the Bible and they tell themselves, you know what? I'm just not going to read more to find the deeper meaning. That way, if I don't know it, I'm not accountable to it. But I tell you, anyone out there who's listening that may do this, you are accountable to, to know of a good thing and to not do it let alone to try to manipulate the Lord in this way, it is such a sin and you are accountable. The word is available today and we are all accountable to spend time in the word and to get deeper into the word so that we can have a deeper relationship with Christ. And if you claim to be a disciple today, you know, the the commandment to preach repentance was not just for um, the 11, right? And I say 11 because obviously there was Judas, right? Who betrayed Jesus, but the 11 carried out the calling. If we are a disciple today, that commandment is upon us too. Jesus commanded the disciples, are you a disciple? Because I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of Jesus. I want to preach the importance of repentance amongst all the other teachings, right? Unless we repent, there is no way for us. There's zero way for us to get into heaven. We must repent. We must have a change of mind. And we must be holy. We need to be holy how Christ is holy, right? And as I mentioned earlier, it's impossible to be holy just as Jesus is holy, right? Because that means we'll be perfect, but we strive. We strive to be holy. It's possible to resist sin when we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to go back to Romans 10 again believe unto righteousness. So to remind you what Romans 10 says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how do we repent from our sins? Right? Yes, we come to Jesus. Yes, we decide that we want to change our mind. But how? Literally. It says here, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It says, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we confess with our mouth out of our hearts. What does repentance look like? In Romans 7 verse 5 it says, For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work, and our members to bear fruit to death. But not we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so we should serve in the newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. So repentance is serving God in a newness of spirit. There will be a change. There will be a change. Repentance is living a life where we are not bound to the sinful passions which were aroused by the law. We put those fruits to death. When I repented, I sobbed. That's what mine looked like. I sobbed. I had makeup running down my face, mascara. I had snot running out of my nose, into my mouth. I was beet red and you know, when you become a little bit swollen because you're crying so hard, you're almost unrecognizable. That's what happened to me. 
And as soon as I got home, I knew that I needed to clean out my apartment. And I started going through everything. I didn't want anything in my possession that was displeasing to the Lord. I wanted my apartment to be pleasing to him at the time. Um, and I actually went through a lot of DVDs and I'll share uh, this one experience with you. After I repented and I was sure I was gonna live for the Lord and I didn't wanna be the same anymore, I wanted to change my mind, right? I wanted to live for him and be different. I went through all of my DVDs and I came across the Harry Potter series. And immediately I knew that these were not good things to keep in my house. And I know many people out there might hear what I just said and say, Oh, Madison, you're nuts. That's just a movie. They're so popular. You're the only person in this whole world who probably doesn't watch them. And I've seen them. And I know of the witchcraft that they do. They're literally witches and wizards. And to think that witchcraft is not real or there is not some sort of spirit associated with those movies is foolish. And I learned that the hard way because I took them and it was midday. So my apartment complex was very bare and empty um, because lots of people were at work. I actually took the day off to clean. And I took these DVDs and it was one of the last things that I did. So I just took them out in my hands and I threw them into the dumpster. As they hit the bottom of the dumpster, the sewer drain, which was right there, this laughter came up out of it. It was like cackling women, witches, it sounded like. I heard three distinct voices, and I looked around my apartment complex. Nobody was outside. You could hear a pin drop. It was so quiet. And I remember I was trying to find a logical reason for that sound. And it was then that I realized that why am I trying to find a coincidence? Because that's exactly what these demons want. They want to remain incognito, hiding, but influencing you, right? Can you imagine? I probably had those DVDs for, you know, longer than five years and attached to them were these demons, right? This spirit. And I had no idea. I had no idea. So it's real. It's real. So not only did I cry, and it was very clear that something was going on with me, but my actions, I, I wanted to be squeaky clean, right? I did everything that I knew how to do in that moment. It's really, really important. So I'm just, I'm just so grateful for the Lord and what he's done, because at this point, that was several years ago, like over 10 years ago was that, and uh, he's, he's, a, he's a God of his promise. So repentance is really important. Here's a question. Does repentance occur daily or just one time? So this kind of goes hand in hand of what does repentance look like? Do you keep repenting? Do you, when you mess up, do you repent? Well, yeah, you, we're in the flesh. We're going to fall short, but we don't stay with our shortcomings, right? We don't identify with them. So we always want to be better. So yes, we, there are going to be times where we have to tell Lord, oh, I'm so sorry, right? But there's a difference between continuously sinning and making mistakes. First of all, repentance is a one-time appointment. True repentance is one time. And in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4, it says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gifts and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So what this verse is saying is it's impossible. Once you, if you truly have tasted true repentance, you have partook the Holy Spirit, 
you've tasted the good word, right? In the powers of the age to come, it says, you will not fall away. But for those that do fall away to come back and say, oh Lord, I, I, I think you did something wrong, right? We put him to shame. Uh, it's like it's like we would ask Jesus, you know what, could you just die for me one more time because I can't get this right? No. When it's true repentance, you have a natural desire to get it right. You may not be perfect, but you don't continuously keep repenting. It's a one-time appointment. And in that moment, that moment where the Holy Spirit falls upon you from your repentance, right? You, the Holy Spirit cannot come unless you repent. The Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation, but we need to repent one time. And you will see the change when the Holy Spirit comes. Just how suddenly the Madison that repented started cleaning out her apartment. She got rid of so many things. That's an example of an immediate change, right? You will also immediately serve the Lord, right? You will make progress serving the Lord. Now, Satan is trying so hard to slow progress down or to deter your progress all the time. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything in your life. So while heaven celebrates when one sinner repents, Satan is so upset. But Satan doesn't, you know, cower in the corner and, and cry. He plans. He plans to destroy you, to bring you down. And a lot of times when people repent, you'll see that their lives start to appear as though they're getting harder because Satan works very hard. He works very hard to stop any progress for the Lord. You can expect to have a target on your back, but there's good news. There's good news. When we repent and we live for Jesus, he is with us. He is with us, not just around us, but the Holy Spirit is in us. Greater is he who is in us than the one who's in this world, right? So even though Satan can launch these attacks, we have the power to overcome him, right? And I don't want to downplay Satan because there's God. And then second to God is Satan. You know, it would be foolish to think that he can't have an impact because he does. Look at this world. But it would also be foolish to think that we can't overcome him with the power of the Holy Spirit. And only the power of the Holy Spirit can we do these things. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit do we have dominion over the demons, right? Only through the Holy Spirit can we cast out demons, which leads me to my next point. Signs shall follow those who believe. So how do we know if somebody repented, right? We're going to see signs, signs of the Holy Spirit, right? So I'll read uh, in Mark chapter 16. Later, he, Jesus, appeared to the 11, right? This is, these are the 11 disciples as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. How clear is that? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes that Jesus is Jesus, but also believes everything that the word of God says, which means that we are obeying everything that the word of God says, and we're baptized, we will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. Okay clear and these signs will follow those who believe in my name in jesus's name they will cast out demons they will speak in new tongues they will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover these things happen today people they happen today i i wish so badly 
that instead of binge watching the latest Netflix series that many people uh, were doing whatever they can to learn about these miracles that are happening today that's possible I I can rebuke demons I can speak with new tongues I can take up serpents I can drink something deadly and it will by no means hurt me. Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to go find something that will do harm to me and drink it because that's not wise. But if somebody sought to hurt me and secretly put something in my drink, I'm not going to get sick. I'm not going to die because that's a promise from God. I, I can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You lay hands in the name of Jesus. Be healed. It works. I've done it. I've experienced this. I want to read about the sinful woman who wiped Jesus's feet with her hair in tears. And I'll let you read this in more detail. It's Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36. And I'll paraphrase, this woman who had so many sins in her life, Jesus entered the room and she transformed. She started crying, using her hair to clean Jesus's feet, using her tears, cleaning his feet with her tears, wiping it away with her hair. That's the dirtiest part of Jesus. She was sobbing. Jesus even told Simon in that moment, therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many. Jesus told Simon, she has so many sins, many sins. Her sins are forgiven for she loved much. To whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So this woman, she knew she had so many sins, which is why her signs of repentance were more, right? Compared to someone that only believes like, oh, I just sinned a little bit. They're not gonna have that same reaction. That is what repentance looks like, people. Even Mary Magdalene. Study Mary Magdalene because she was delivered from many demons and she followed Jesus immediately. Mary was at the tomb of Jesus and Jesus actually appeared to Mary once he had risen because Jesus was pleased with Mary. Mary wanted to be everywhere that Jesus was and he was pleased with that. Repentance is so important. And you know what? Today, there are so many messages where they're preaching partial verses, right? And there's no mention of repentance, but you've heard it here. Repentance is necessary to get into heaven. Repentance is necessary if you wanna follow Jesus Christ. So don't just repent and be done with repentance. Repent and preach repentance, right? So repentance should be part of every single Sunday until your entire church has repented. Mention repentance. Have a call to repentance. It is so important. It is so important. It's critical to your salvation. It's critical to my salvation. So what did we learn today? We must repent. Failure to repent from our hearts results in death. Jesus said, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So whoever does not believe will be put to shame. That's what we can understand from that. Just reverse it. So if Jesus says whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, we can interpret that as whoever does not believe in him will be put to shame. What do you mean by put to shame? Will be condemned. What does that mean? Hell. I hope that you've learned something today. Repentance is key. You must repent. You must repent. You know, I'm so grateful to live in a time where God is still available to us, right? We all still have a chance to reconsider our ways, to ask God to change our minds, to confess with our mouths unto salvation. There is still a chance to repent. 
you're not too late. But there will be a day that will be too late. There will be a day where it's too late. So make your choice today. Come before God. Pray to Jesus. Commit your life to the Lord. And you will see his promises come true. You will experience what I've shared about the Holy Spirit and that power. You will experience it. God is so good and he loves us all. But remember, God is so clear as well. He has not come to bring people together. He brings a sword to bring division. There is an action and he will separate those who took the right action and those who did not. God's very clear. And I love you all and there is nothing more than I want than for every person listening right now just to take some time and come before the Lord and pour out your hearts to him. Cry unto the Lord. Ask him to help you. Let him know you want to partner through this life with him. He will show up for you. And just remember, I didn't say it, right? I didn't make this up. Jesus said it. Amen. And this is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.